will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the pod bay doors, huh? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary. Uh huh. What's your favorite scary? The price is wrong, Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And this week, if you couldn't tell by the background, we are finally getting the last bit of What If reviewed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we've, we, and quite frankly, like this, this episode of the podcast might be relatively short. Um, Leslie and I both are kind of worn out from our day jobs right now and uh, we were both talking like we're just kind of exhausted so if we're low energy or we don't have like a super long hour and a half review like we did with Dune (laughs) um, (laughs) apologies Uh, you know we're just trying to fit things in and we just uh, obviously we want to keep to a regular schedule um, and we didn't want to leave it hanging and not finish out the rest that of the as well. Season. And we've got to continue on with our MCU franchise reviews. So that's going to be coming up here uh, in a week or so, depending just on other circumstances. I think both of us are not getting a chance to get out and see Eternals this weekend. So, or well, this past weekend, as of this, it's going to as of Monday. when yeah, when you're listening to um, it. So yeah, it, it's it's just a we got a lot of different things going on. Of course, work has been really nuts um, this past week for us. So we're we're just trying to make sure we get something out there for you guys. And we figured if we could just kind of rush through, well, not super rush through, but just do a quick overview of those last uh, four or five episodes of what if, uh, and then hopefully you know everything else in the coming weeks will be fine. Uh, if you joined us for our, the Halloween live stream, I want to apologize for it getting kind of cut off mid-stream. Um, as I keep saying, I'm constantly learning OBS and, and trying to make sure I know everything that's going on. And I hadn't realized that the uh, stream had dropped frames and then basically I'd cut the stream out. But we're going to keep trying. Uh, I think um, as of when this releases, there might have been an attempt to do another one. So hopefully that one went fine. Uh, but yeah, we're going to try it a little bit more because that's one thing uh, I think we'd want to do here at the podcast is maybe have one 
episode at one point where we're all here together live and you guys can join in on the conversation. I also, before, um, and I, I haven't really actually talked to Leslie about this, but I need to pull it up. Um, I do want to give a shout out to someone who commented on our Dune review and they ended up subscribing. Uh, and I think they added some really cool um, points of the conversation and uh, they had some different criticisms of, of Dune uh, that, you know, I think are valid, even though we enjoyed it a little bit more. Um, I think it was really cool to actually have this and I'm sorry, I'm just trying to make sure I pull this up right without any videos playing or whatever. Uh, do 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 do. So it will be in YouTube Studio. There we go. Come on. And there we go. Um, wait, where are they? There we go. So uh, shout out to Hog Scraper. Um, he is a new subscriber to the channel too, so I really appreciate that. Uh, so just uh, if you've watched our Dune review, um, obviously some of this stuff will make sense. If it doesn't make sense, uh, go check out our Dune review. But I just want to kind of talk about it because this is the first time um, one thing we've really wanted to have is interaction with an audience and hear what you guys thought. And I feel like uh, this would be kind of nice to touch base on. Uh, so he said, I, uh, or they said, I tried to like the movie, but it was an hour and a half movie stretched out to two and a half hours with only long shots of not much to fill in that hour. Uh, that and Jason Momoa and Zadea seemed like they were playing themselves instead of the characters they were cast as. Every line they spoke felt like they were both cast because they're popular and not because they were a good fit. Which was weird since nearly everyone else felt awesome in the role they were playing, especially Paul's parents and Baron Harkonnen. I really loved the way they did the, the Sadakur and the, the weirding way. Uh, glad I watched at home, though I have the patient. Uh, though I have the patience to read all the books multiple times, I barely had the patient to sit through the patience to sit through the movie. Just felt like Dune, uh, as made by the camcorder kid from American Beauty. Um, and then they kind of went further on because I did ask. Uh, I I think it was a very valid criticism, and you know stuff that we didn't get to really touch base on in our review, uh, mm -hmm. mainly because we talked a lot of a lot about uh, different things. But I kind of just asked, like, did that turn you off from the film? Because obviously. Uh, that was one thing we talked about was that runtime and whether or not that would scare people off. And the nice thing is he, uh, they responded back saying, definitely going to watch part two. Uh, they managed to watch all the Transformer movies, so they're willing to give anything a chance. Uh, uh -huh. And then uh, like uh, they referenced, like we talked about, um, Paul and JD and Lady Jessica's story um, are a major part of it, uh, the early story, and interested to see where they go. Um, and that they didn't hate the film, uh, but they say they can't enjoy it didn't enjoy the entire experience either. Um, and that the dual release, uh, if, if there weren't a dual release, they probably would have been more disappointed if they had spent money seeing it in the theater. Um, not being able to, you know, take a bathroom break or grab a, grab a pizza, you know, kind of would have been a little bit more difficult for them. So uh, I really appreciate them, uh, you know, commenting. And I think you would agree. It's very valid criticisms. Um, that yeah. They have. I still think the point about like making it, 45 minutes or 55 minute episodes if it was an episodic thing and it would be smaller chunks for people to watch and then also giving them time right. to get into the depth of that book you know just considering the first book you know like not any of the rest but into the depth of that book in particular there, there's so much and I I do agree like they a lot of the shots 
like an, an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes spread out to two is, is just beautiful landscape shots. It, you can sit back and admire how gorgeous these shots are, but it is like pads it out to like two hours. Right, right. So uh, I just, uh, I definitely wanted to give them a shout out because uh, they they brought up some really good points and points I can't necessarily disagree with uh, either. And yeah, I can say like probably because I like Jason Momoa, like it didn't bother me as much if like <laughs> they had that reaction yeah. where it just felt like it was Jason Momoa and not, you know, uh, Duncan Idaho. Um, and that's understandable. There are those actors who, when they're in a role, uh, you see, see the actor. I think the biggest one would be like Denzel Washington. You know, you're seeing Denzel. You're not necessarily seeing uh, the character he's playing. Will Smith also being the same. Like, if you're typically going to go see a movie with Will Smith in it, you're seeing it for Will Smith, not necessarily who he's playing or what the story is. But um, yeah, I, I was really glad to get some engagement on that. And uh, it's the first time I can say we can... Uh, you know, reference somebody's thoughts on the podcast. So really, really happy. Uh, You know, even though we don't see completely eye to eye, I do, again, think that it's very valid criticisms and very good points that were made. Um, So with that out of the way, let's go ahead and, uh, and just dive into it. Um, So where we left off was, uh, you know, Dr. Strange, which I think still after seeing the season as a whole, the Doctor Strange episode is still the best episode. Yeah, it's the best episode by far, I think. Um, not that any of the other episodes were, like, extremely bad, but it there right. was just something that they did about that. And uh, Pat is not here, but he has seen that episode, and he and I were arguing about this uh, on, on uh, lunch break today, where, you know, he was kind of trying to wrap his head around the fixed point in time with uh, Christine dying, and... Like, well, but there's a multiverse, so that would negate the fixed point in time. And I had to try to get him to understand. I I don't think he still understood that, uh, you know, it's a fixed point of time within that particular universe. Like, just because there's a multiverse where instead he loses, you know, his the ability to use his hands. The nexus point or that very important fixed point in time is important to that universe and that's why that universe ultimately dies so uh and he was like but 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 and i'm like okay let's go with the doctor who explanation wibbly wobbly timey wimey you know it's it if you think too hard about time travel and about alternate realities you're going to end up just burning out your brain so yeah just overcomplicating it especially when the whole point of this is just what if this happened right quite literally the title and it's just supposed to be a thought exercise and if you enjoyed it you enjoyed it and if you didn't you didn't i mean even though we'll say you're wrong if you didn't enjoy this episode but uh and i mean he, we. He, well and he did enjoy the episode but that was just one thing he had a difficulty wrapping his head around and i was just like you're, you're thinking too hard about it you know yeah um so it picks up uh, with uh, episode five. What if zombies? zombies. Yeah. Um, and I've heard some very interesting and, and not wrong criticisms of this episode too, where um, it, it felt rushed for a lot of people. And I can kind of understand that, especially if you're familiar with like the Marvel zombies comics um, that it's just kind of like rushes through the story, uh, you know, puts Bruce through the ringer with everything. And we're just kind of, catching up really quickly with you know zombie iron man zombie cap and everything um and then just kind of rushing to the end where you have zombie thanos waiting in wakanda for everyone and that's where the episode ends and like everyone wants to see that next bit 
you know, what are they going to do when they arrive in Wakanda and they've got zombie Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, but I think it, it, with that particular episode, it's enjoy it for what it is. It's a fun ride. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is a fun ride. I like the Peter doing the little, like, how to survive the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> you know, when he's doing his little thing. And I like just the interesting, of course, the whole point of whatever, just the interesting mixture of different characters are getting to see how they interact. Right. Of course, it was hilarious to watch Koye, like, slice Sam in half. After just having watched, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, <laughs> and he's, I should be sad, you know, Bucky, but I'm not. <laughs> right. You know, just a continuation of their weird, you know, and sarcastic, snarky friendship. But it's just interesting, different combination of people. I liked um, Hope a lot in this one, which, of course, was her sacrifice. But I just, the the one thing that felt plot holy to me was like how slowly she turned to yeah. a zombie and how fast others did. But other than that, I was I was fine with that episode. I can see if you were like really excited to like do, you know, MCU like Avengers zombies. Like this is like this isn't the full like this isn't you getting a whole series of of zombies right. basically. Like you you probably wanted. Maybe its own separate show, even or something like that, and that's definitely not at all what this is. Yeah, but it, it, they gave you a little bit. They gave you a taste. It, it could have benefited, like it, it would depend on how they initially planned to structure out the series. Like if these were yeah. not going to be like a little bit interconnected, like they ended up being, um, and just were like, okay, we're gonna do three episodes focused on what if zombies, and then you know tell a little whole story arc within those three episodes. And then move on to the next like what if story, but like that would be more understandable in a in a series like think of like Batman the animated series or Superman the animated series where you have twenty two episodes uh, or yeah. even fifty episodes for a whole cartoon season, and you can take that time to spend it on three episodes purely focused on zombies rather yeah. than getting nine for a season and trying to tell an overarching story um, yeah. through most of it. So. Yeah, I can understand the disappointment, but we do have a season two coming, and my guess is we'll revisit that world, uh, especially with as kind of enticing as that ending is. Um, <laughs> you know, like I don't think they're just going to leave it there. So, yeah, um, that's you know that's really all kind of to say about that episode because it's it's just enjoyable. It's fast paced. Mm -hmm. uh, it's over before you know it, but it's it's just fun. Um, then we come to episode six. And what if Killmonger rescued Tony? And yeah. I have to restrain myself on a lot of the stuff <laughs> that I want to talk about with this one because it gets political for me. And as anyone who's listened to the podcast for a while, we try to leave politics out of this. Um, you know, we do have our own personal beliefs, but we try to, uh, you know, approach it from the entertainment perspective and escapism. Uh, don't want to really kind of branch into that whole political world. So, I'm not going to say too much about this episode, uh, except for this is the most disappointing episode. Um, it's mostly the episode that just feels like a missed opportunity because ultimately they could have gone one way with it and they decided to go with the easy route and saying that they could have made Killmonger a hero. Yeah, I was. that's my biggest disappointment with this episode is that they didn't make Killmonger a hero in this right. episode. 
Especially, um, especially if you know, like the rumors about what they're going to do with Black Panther two, with you know uh, Chadwick Boseman passing away, and what they're going to do about T'Challa. You know, like the rumors bringing somehow Killmonger back from the dead or something like that. Like this was their opportunity to introduce Killmonger from the multiverse, and then at some point get him involved in the uh, in the mainline MCU six one six universe, right? And in- introduce him here. As a hero, right. like make like the whole time, and not never having done that other, you know, our universe kill longer. Right. right. Like that was the most disappointing thing about this episode because when I mean I I try not to like peek at all the episode titles or whatever, but when they're coming on, you know, and it's like what if Killmonger. And I'm like, oh, we're going to get, like, hero Killmonger. This is going to fit perfect for the upcoming movie. You right. know, like, my all my expectations went a certain way, and it didn't go that way at all in this episode. And I'm just like, it, it really fell flat. No, we basically just me. got a, retel- a retelling of Black Panther, but just that yeah, where Killmonger uh, wins, essentially. Pretty much. I mean, it was almost exactly the same. I mean, obviously not exact situations but if you just like look at point by point yeah it was pretty much exactly the same right and that was the most disappointing thing although i would argue the next episode was like the most lackluster blah one for me well i I won't necessarily disagree with you on that one either i think that the next episode also like so these kind of two paired are disappointing episodes because they really feel like nothing like they yeah there there's ultimately there's no point to them yeah and still understand what's happening in the finale and not even need either of these episodes i think you only need the ending scene from the next episode and that's it because that's where you get all uh ultron you know kind of just that that like one sequence there is the only thing from the thor episode that you kind of maybe need but not even really that because they do go into pretty much great detail in uh episode eight uh about what's going on with ultron but um yeah i think that this was a really missed opportunity and i think that there's a poorly played out conversation or at least the missed point conversation between tony and killmonger that um if i were to get political i'd go into greater detail but i think the fact that that conversation's in there and Tony approaches it in the manner, which I think is the right manner to approach it. And Killmonger takes the negative approach to it. That's where it's like, you're missing the whole point. Like you're missing Tony's point. There was no difference between him and Killmonger. He saw no differences. And for Killmonger to go, yeah, that's the problem. That's what really killed the episode for me. Uh, Without really going into spoilers and what happens in that scene, that's what kills the episode for me because it's like you're proving a point that doesn't need to be proved that we're that we have tried to disprove as you know been in existence for a while and now you're kind of solidifying it or codifying it within this conversation and that's about as much as i'll say on it because i could I could really dive into how bad that that dialogue so what if thor is. was an only child yeah basically <laughs> uh so ultimately yeah we get a good episode with marvel zombies and then we get kind of a lackluster disappointing easy way out episode with killmonger yeah i feel like the takeaway from killmonger is that probably i don't know because i didn't like watch a ton of reviews but i i assume that a lot of people might have ended up with the same expectations i had when it was coming on and also thinking about the rumors about 
um, the next Black Panther movie, and having all these expectations that this is how they're going to do it, and being disappointed like I was. So I feel like that's probably the main reason why people feel or would feel like this one fell flat. And I would agree too. Uh, I I think I read a little bit too more much into it in that particular in that particular scene, and I think it's just that that because that particular scene's dialogue just didn't sit well with me. But ultimately, yeah, the expectation or at least the hope was we get to see Killmonger as a hero and that would have been really cool and yet no he's just the same villain he is in Black Panther essentially um so now moving on to episode seven what if Thor were an only child which is like I think the worst title too (laughs) like because okay yeah he's an only child but he still has a relationship with Loki and yeah I, I don't know. I feel like if you were a big Thor fan, you'll enjoy this no matter what. Mm. I like Thor, but I'm not like to that level of like rah rah, you know? So to me, this was like the most pointless episode. <laughs> I just kind of had to sit back and watch it as comedy. Yeah. You know, well, that's all especially, it really was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially like when. Um, um, blue ice giant Loki comes out, you know, and and stuff. I just, I did see one comment somewhere. I, I cannot remember where I saw it. I don't remember if I was a YouTuber. So, like, if this was your comment and you recognize it, like, all the credit goes to you, but they were like, this episode is proof that Odin ruined both oh, yeah. their lives. I've, I've seen that, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that comment, too, as well. Like, this is Loki living his best life if he had never, yeah. you know, never been taken by Odin. And, yeah. uh, yeah, it, it ultimately like, yeah, it's just a fun, like almost, you know, throwaway episode. And but for me, it's so juvenile and stupid yes. because it's just partying yeah. and, oh no, mom's coming. And it's like, Thor is supposed to be like how, like 3000 something years old at this point. I don't know. But to me, it's just very much a very juvenile episode. You don't, you don't like dude, bro, uh, dude, bro, Thor. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of fun with watching how his relationship with Jane develops in this. Like, it's it's kind of fun. And then Darcy and uh, Howard the Duck, like, that's that's fun, too. <laughs> Doing the Vegas wedding. But, like, ultimately, there's no point to the episode uh, outside yeah. of setting up that ending with uh, yeah. Ultron coming through with, uh, you know, his armor and the Infinity Stones. And it just, like, is going, okay, now where's this going to go? Which, uh, you know, there's not much to, else to talk about the Thor episode, so we'll just dive into yeah. what if Ultron won? Um, and this is a nice, well, I guess nice is not the right term to use, but <laughs> dark episode uh, showing what would have happened if, you know, they couldn't have defeated Ultron and he got his hands on the Vision body. And, uh, I, and you know, the, the Infinity Stones. Well, and the Infinity Stones. But, like, the, that's where I was going to go. The, the one complaint I saw was uh, how easily he took out Thanos with the Mind Stone. And, you know, I think I think everyone, especially even with just the stones themselves, because we saw this kind of complaint with Loki, and, you know, when we're seeing Casey's desk full of all the stones, or, the uh-huh. you know, the, the variants of the stones, and that they, you know, everyone was like, well, these are supposed to be the most important thing, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, I understand that. Well, Thanos is supposed to be the blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah... But also, this is a different circumstance. It's a different villain. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's 
Ultron wasn't there when Thanos showed up on Earth. So it's like we we don't know what how that confrontation would have played out. And now we're seeing Ultron at his most power well, at his second most powerful moment when Thanos uh-huh. shows up and then he reaches that ultimate level enough so that he is aware of the Watcher. He takes a battle to the Watcher and uh ultimately what leads into the finale. So uh, you know, I think like we built Thanos up so much because of how piecemealed we got to see him leading up to Infinity War. And then we saw him as this ultimate force for the Avengers to go up against because this is the toughest thing that they've come across. And I think like that having that expectation and seeing how that all that fight plays out, you can't accept that a different circumstance leads to a different outcome. You know, and I, I'm you got to kind of just take it for what it is. Yeah, I've kind of seen some complaints about like, well, why didn't Vision do that? But in my mind, it's kind of like think about Superman. Yeah. And how much power do you think that he has? Because I saw people complaining about in the new show that like, oh, he turned his face into a punch. And I'm like, was it just me or I was always under the assumption that he's always doing everything possible to not hurt people. Right. So somebody goes to punch him and they're going to shatter their whole arm. He falls into the punch a little bit so that it doesn't shatter their whole arm. So in my mind, it's, it's thinking about vision doesn't think that way. Right. When he looks at Thanos vision, he's not thinking what's the fastest, most efficient way I can kill this man. You know, whereas that's how Ultron works and that's how he thinks. So Vision could like could still be on completely equal in power level, but that's not how he thinks. That's not how that's not his ethics, his morality, his decision making, you know, and how he's going to make that decision. Right. So, yes, maybe Vision could have done that, but that probably didn't occur to him to do that. Well, there's there's also a little couple of other caveats you can throw into that, too. Uh, Vision has different experiences. Look at what he did to Rhodey, you know, like just in computer complete accident he did that to Rhodey yeah. he paralyzed Rhodey and so that's something that weighs down on him also he is wanting to be more human and you know he's a hero and heroes don't kill also he's worthy of the hammer exactly and he was uh severely severely injured and by the time that he actually sees Thanos whatever um Shuri was doing with the Mind Stone and trying to get it off of him yeah, you know he was weakened. He'd been stabbed several times. Like he was not in high tier state that Ultron is in this episode. So like there are different factors that go into that too. That I think ultimately is why both situations played out differently. Because if he had, he'd be no different than Ultron. You know exactly. So, yeah. um, but one of the really cool moments, of course, of that episode is the ending when. He flees, the Watcher flees back to Doctor Strange's, uh, you know, little bubble and, (laughs) you know, asks for his help. And then that leads us to the finale. Well, Um, one more thing mm -hmm. before we go to the finale. I think one of the most low-key, like, because you said this is like a dark episode, but low-key creepy things is when Ultron hears the Watcher. Yeah. And then he's looking around, and then he's like, I see you, and the Watcher freaks out. And I'm like, okay, he's freaking out. I'm freaking out. That was super creepy, you know. And then I start thinking about the there are no strings on me thing yeah. from, from Age of Ultron, and I'm like, that is super creepy. <laughs> and then that really kind of solidified my, I like that they chose him to be the villain for this 
you know, for this story here. Right. Well, and like also because we've, you know, this is like outside of the Doctor Strange episode, this is the first time we see the Watcher really kind of interacting with anyone else. You know, like that's yeah. why when his shock of being seen by Ultron is like, what, what? You know, like how how do you see me? <laughs> yeah. And then the fact that the, then he shows up and it's like, yeah this can't happen. And then the fact that he's able to hold a power level at the same level as the watcher and leaving the last resort being going to Dr. Strange and trying to figure out what's going to happen or how they can fight, uh, fight against him. So, uh, and then of course, you know, we also had a really cool, uh, like little side story with, um, Natasha and Clint and then, uh, you know, finding Zola. I want to know how on earth they were the last two survivors because they wouldn't you know? be expected to be the last two survivors, pretty much. Well, well, I'm just envisioning that like everybody else with powers or enhancements or whatever were like the, I'm going to go out there and fight, and they're just like the ultimate super spies who know how to hide and keep away, but right. I'm just like, dang, man. Also, just like looking here at IMDb, um, Doctor Strange episode was rated 9.0, and the the if, what if Ultron one is 9.1. So these are definitely like up there, yeah, on par episodes with ratings from IMDb. Yeah, I think uh, these definitely these two episodes are the highlight, and and the finale kind of like if you want to give them like uh, you know a first, second, third place. Like first place for me is Doctor Strange. Second oh, yeah. place is all, what if Ultron won, and then the third one, which we're going to talk about now, is what if the Watcher broke his oath. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know what kind of disappoints me about this finale is how little outside the beginning the Watcher is actually involved. And I mean, it kind of has to do with the fact that he couldn't stand his ground. But like, I would have liked more involvement from the watcher considering that this the is talking, yeah part. considering the the title of the episode um we also get yeah. kind of the weird gamora and iron man uh bit which uh if you're not aware of because they have talked about this this was from a scrapped episode that will be coming in season two so like yeah. if you're wondering I, what I, was going did they on scrap there it or they were just they didn't have time they didn't feel like to well, to do it. season one was planned originally for 10 episodes, and I don't know what fell into it, but that was the episode they decided to cut. So, um, you know, that was what it just ended up happening to be. And probably it was the one where they were like, OK, this is the easy one where we can just fit that particular scene and go, bam, we're good. Like, you don't need to know yeah. what played out in that entire episode prior to that why she's wearing uh, Thanos's armor, why his uh, Hulkbuster armor is uh, done with the Sakaar, uh, like, paint and everything. Uh, so it was just like that one where they were like, yeah, we can, we can revisit that at a later point. <laughs> um, but this is where we get to see all of our heroes from pretty much all of the individual stories outside of the zombie stories uh, kind of come together and form, well, what did they call them, the Guardians of the Multiverse? Uh, yeah, yeah. Guardians of so, the uh, and then you know you have a very interesting dynamic that plays a little bit with T'Challa, uh, Star Lord T'Challa, and Killmonger who killed T'Challa in his <laughs> universe. So right, um, but the, in, overall it was just it was really fun. It was uh, really good, nice action packed. Uh, gave a little redemption arc for Doctor Strange, and um, you got to see some really kind of cool moments. Uh, fighting wise betrayal wise 
Uh, everything played out the way it needed to play out. And then what I really liked was because uh, Natasha was the only one that was left from her world, from Ultron, you know, winning, that they put her back in the world from where um, the Avengers were all assassinated by Hank. Yeah. And, you know, was joined in the fight with uh, Captain America, Captain Marvel, and Nick Fury. So that was that was really cool, really fun. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, I don't... Because it's very action-packed, and it has been a while since I've actually watched the episode itself that I I can't remember, like, specific details and everything like that. But I'd had a good time with it. Um, yeah, I, I liked... I would say my top three people from that episode are... Um, I keep wanting I keep wanting to say Haley, but I mean Peggy. Yeah. Yeah, I keep wanting to say the actress instead of like this is animation. Um, is Peggy, Natasha, and then Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange for me for this whole like if we just look at this as like one universe this season, he's the MVP man. Yes. He's the one. That episode, his standalone episode was phenomenal, and then every every time we see him again um, in these episodes, phenomenal. And then for this episode in particular, I really liked the dynamic between Peggy and this Natasha, you know, and then them coming together for that final, you know, where Natasha's shooting the arrow and, and Peggy jumps and rips his helmet up so that it goes into his eyeball and spoilers, you know, just sorry, that was a little. <laughs> well, to be, I, we to be fair, it's been out for a while, oh, so like we're, we can't right? spoil too much, so. But, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I just, I feel like those are like the top three, but then just like MVP of the whole season, I feel like is Dr. Strange. He's yes. this, his character here is great. And like a lot of the animation and stuff like that they did in episode four is the kind of stuff that I want to see in the movie like next year. Yeah. You know, just, I, I feel like it's probably harder to do. I don't know. Like I'm not a CGI artist or anything like that, but that kind of, I mean, even when it looks like the bug thing that was behind him and then the shadow came up and grabbed him oh, and yeah. pulled him down, like, all of that stuff was so freaking cool and exactly what I expect to see, like, in Doctor Strange type movie. Like, that's what I want. That's the level. That's the bar that I've now set <laughs> for the movie. Um, so, okay, I know, um, so we'll talk about kind of our overall thoughts of the season. Um, you know, I, I, I would like to rank it the individual episodes of, of, you know, five through, cause I know we gave scores for the other ones, but, uh, considering it's been a while since I've watched them, I think we're just going to just rate this season overall. Um, but I know for you, uh, the animation was kind of a, um, hit or miss, uh, type of thing. Yeah. Like some episodes it looked really good, or at least in particular scenes, it looked really well. By the time you get to episode nine, did you kind of feel that like comfort zone with the animation or did it still at parts like look okay and then at other parts looked really good and other parts just meh? Uh, I, I would say I felt okay with it overall, but there are still parts or certain ways that there would be animation on a face mm -hmm. that just didn't, I, not that it's terrible art, but it's just kind of like, like how much did you spend to do just that? Like I can do an outline of a face sort of, I don't know. Cause I feel like when people are, Oh, you're an artist. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not an artist at all. But when you're spending that level of money, I, I don't know. I know it's a style that you're going for. It's kind of, for me, the difference between going from clone wars to rebels. Yeah. Like rebels animation is okay. It grows it's not on my you. favorite. It grows on you. But clone wars animation is phenomenal. Top tier. 
loved it. Tier. So to me, that's like Star Wars Rebels level of like, I like some of it, you know, as far as the animation goes for this, that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. Like, it's not horrible. It's not like it put me off and I can't watch it like at all. Yeah. Like, um, some of the other, what was the other one? Resistance. Oh yeah. Yeah. Resistance. Couldn't, Resistance couldn't falls more in line with through. like the issues that this has. And I, I agree. Like, um, even, even though with this image that's in the background, like it looks really pretty and everything when you're looking more at the characters straight on in their faces and maybe most noticeably, uh, weird. T'Challa would be kind of the best one. Cause he's more in focus that lack of definition outside of the, you know, the facial hair and the hair outline and his eyebrows and eyes, like there, there's no age, there's no texture, there's just blandness. And so when it comes to like conveying certain emotional scenes and stuff, uh, a lot, a lot of that can be lost. And yet, you know, you can go back and, and say, well, Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series, they don't have any definition in their face either, but yet there's this charm in that overall animation style, um, that seems to work and that is seems to be missing here because this is more like that was hand-drawn this is more computer animated and i think it's kind of the same thing like when you watch the hobbit after having watched lord of the rings Mm. and the live action versions where the practical makeup was so good on the orcs when you get to the hobbit and they're doing most pretty much exclusively i think cgi yeah the effect of the orcs did not come through for me whatsoever. Like when I watched Lord of the Rings and I forget how old I was when we went to the theater and saw it the first time, like I was scared of those things, man, that scared me. And I'm watching these, of course. Yeah. You're older when you're seeing these, but the, it, you can tell, and yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't know if somebody has a study out there that knows like, or how the human brain works and interprets things, but you look right at it you automatically can tell this is fake CGI'd and it just, there's something about it that is not nearly as scary or intimidating as when they did the practical makeup. And that's kind of the same feeling that I get. It's very just kind of flat. Like you said, there's not texture. There's, there's just something very not necessarily uncanny Valley, but just Mm. like it's that flat shiny. There's nothing there. There's so of course, this isn't meant to scare me, but there's also nothing there, like you said, emotional-wise, to really pull me into it. Right. Uh, I, I almost think, like, it could have benefited if it had gone, like, um, you know, the uh, Clone Wars, um, Bad Batch-like type animation, where they use that style yeah. to animate it, and it, where it, it feels more kind of real-world-ish in that sense, but... Also, that costs yeah. a lot more money and more, more time and more effort, whereas like this, they could probably knock out uh, you know, in a quicker time, especially they've got nine more episodes yeah. planned and everything like that, and who knows where they're going to take it, uh, especially considering that we're coming up with Kang here soon and all that stuff, and uh, you know, we got Eternals releasing, and who knows what Eternals is spawning. Uh, although, it kind of scares me with Eternals, and this is kind of leading into like why we're not rushing out to the theater to go see it is like one, it's, it's a bunch of different characters that they're cramming into a movie and we can see that it works sometimes if it's handled correctly, like with guardians of the galaxy and James Gunn. Uh, and then it can be handled incorrectly like suicide squad was with the same amount of characters, but crunching those characters, not, not the James Gunn suicide squad, the David Ayer suicide squad. Uh, where, you know, they crammed all these characters together, tried to emulate Guardians, and it didn't work. 
and Eternal seems kind of like, oh, here's these six all-powerful characters. They've been on Earth for thousands of years. There you go. Like, just deal with yeah. it. Don't care about I... the backstory or whatever. And then when Marvel has come out, because I know it's also the most negatively reviewed Marvel movie so far, yeah. um, when the studio comes out and says, we're not planning a sequel, yeah, that's concerning. And it tells me, like, this is a one-off. It may have set up some characters like Black Knight. I think that's his character name. But the whoever Kit Harington is playing, uh, he is going to have more of a, probably a role outside of the Eternals themselves. But, like, ultimately, it's a two-and-a-half-hour movie where it's already almost guaranteed it's not going to get a sequel. It's being poorly received. It's also being banned from certain countries because of some stuff that's in it that is not acceptable in those countries, whether that's right or wrong. That's up to whatever your personal beliefs are. I personally don't care. Uh, I, I don't I don't care for it to be shoved in my face, but if it's in the movie, it's in the movie. I'm not going to let that deter me from watching the movie, but it does concern me when the studio comes out and says, yeah, we're not planning necessarily for a sequel. That's Well, I, I feel like... I think we were talking about this before. I don't know, like, when they're in the planning room, you know, and how long ago that was when they're pitching their ideas for what's going to come after, you know, the Infinity War saga. Like, who was like, we need to do Eternals. And and then I feel like, you know, like, that, that's the number one mistake. Like, why? Because then you look at the rest of the movies and I, this one does not seem to fit. Right. Really? But then the second failing is it it really feels like they just thought we'll get this star studded cast, make a splash and you'll come to see it because you want to see Angelina Jolie and you want to see Kit Harrington and you want to see, um, what's his name who played his brother, Rob. And you know, like that's it. Yeah. Because as far as I know, the Eternals aren't like big. Characters They're not even in the big comics. in the comics. No. Yeah. I'm thinking like, do they like the, that they didn't have tons of runs and like people are buying up these comics and they're making all kinds of stories and they're not even that big in the comics. So this is kind of like, why? Yeah. Was, they're, they're very why did niche. You pick this one? Like, and what's the point? Because we were talking about, we had black widow and then you'll have Shang Chi. You'll have the next doctor strange movie. And I forget what all I think. Yeah. Spider-Man. I have a list somewhere, but Nowhere in these upcoming movies does Eternals feel like it fits. Right. Unless unless like there's something that's within the movie, which I don't even think it's necessarily within the movie itself. I think it's it's post credit scenes being set up for future storylines for whoever. Like, you know, I don't know because I haven't seen it and I certainly wouldn't spoil that for anyone right now either. But um, like I feel like that's all they focused on was who cares about what we're going to say about the movie what we're really sh- shooting for is we're, we've got a really killer post credit scenes. And like, that's what yeah, we want. Like, I don't know if tons of people are running out to see it this weekend, but I thought I might give it a week or two just to I know avoid any crowds. I checked, uh, cause we're recording this on Friday. I checked this morning. Uh, cause I wasn't sure if Pat and I were going to get a chance to go out and see it this weekend. And you know, I hadn't gotten any confirmation from him if he was available yet. And I looked at the 11 o'clock in the morning showtime and there were still several, several seats. Now, yes, that's Saturday morning, 
But for a Marvel movie, even when we saw like Shang-Chi on a Saturday morning, there were seats filled up. And even, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a day away of best after, you know, from recording the fact that an 11 11 o'clock in the morning showtime on a Saturday when, you know, no one's got school, no one's got work and over 95% of the seats are still available on an opening weekend for the the movie. That's concerning. That's very, very concerning. Uh, I also don't like that the sites like IGN and everywhere else are like, okay, well now that the movie's out, let's go ahead and talk about that post credit scene. It's like, okay, not everyone got to go see it out on the Thursday midnight release. Not everyone's getting out to see it Friday. And from that, look at that ticket sales. It doesn't even look like people are going to go out and see it on Saturday. So come on now. Right. Like, Give it give it like, a week before you give start it a talking. Few, about it. Yeah, a few days before you start posting your spoilers everywhere. Right. Well, IGN's been notorious with because they were notorious with Loki. Like one of the reasons why I was watching Loki first thing in the morning was like I'm not having them spoil it, you know, because they're already posting up images and stuff like that. Where it's like, okay, and I mean, I saw enough people in the comments going, "Hey, guys, cut it out!" Like we haven't even had yeah. a chance to watch it. I don't get to watch these until Friday, and they're coming out on Wednesday. So like. Give give till the yeah. weekend, you know, or something like that. Well, like, why cannot why why cannot why can't they format their um, y- you know, for the it doesn't show, so you have to actually click oh, yeah. through to then see the rest. Like, why not just format your your site that way? Because that requires work and effort, and no one cares apparently. You know? Plus, it's the internet. You you venture on your own uh, own peril. Um, but to get back on, on, on topic here, on track. We, yes, as we, as we went off on a little bit of a tangent there. Um, so overall, I think I'd give the season, um, yeah, I'd go with like a three and a half out of five. Um, because ultimately like when, when I look again at the list of the episodes, there are really only a small amount that I'm like, those were fantastic. Those were really yeah. good. They fired on all cylinders. The animation looked great. The story was great. The voice acting was great. I think one thing that they need to consider moving forward with season two is to try to contract all of the actors for their roles. Um, not not to say that voice actors did a bad job. I mean, because we've talked about it in the in the previous review. Um, you know, the the one who does Steve does a really good job as as Steve. But for some of the other characters, it didn't quite work. And, uh, you know, even though Tony was very close, Tony was one of the ones where it, it did not fit the most for me. And I'm not saying they're going to get Robert Downey Jr. back. But um, I think, like, you know, Gamora, they needed to get um, Zoe Saldana back for, for her role. Because, um, like, I even think... Uh, you know, rest his soul. Like one of the really cool moments in that final episode is having Chadwick Boseman voice T'Challa, and you've got Michael B. Jordan voicing Killmonger, and having this dialogue that's taking place between them has more of an impact than if it were another voice actor doing one of their roles. Uh, yeah. I don't think Doctor Strange would have been as fantastic if Benedict Cumberbatch wasn't doing his voice, and, and didn't already have VO experience. Well, that too, but like. I mean, I don't think if if you watch episode four and you've got someone trying to emulate Benedict Cumberbatch emulating an American accent for yeah. Doctor Strange, 
I don't think you're going to get the same effect or that same emotional heft from episode four and the payoff in episode nine uh, that you would if if you have a different voice actor. So just something for consideration forward. I, I think like if they're doing any more Ultron, I think they're they're having Ross Mark and um, do Ultron instead of trying to get uh, James Spader back for anything, which is eh, that's OK. Like. I like James Spader as Ultron, but you know, ultimately, like he's not an important enough character for me to be like, no, it has to be. <laughs> but like, it was also important though that they had Josh Brolin come back for Thanos. So, you know, I it's it's something to consider. Like, I I think like Lake Bell does a fine Natasha, but I think it would have been better had Scarlett Johansson been doing Natasha. Not that I think that that's ever going to happen again, considering I don't think she has a good relationship with Disney anymore. So yeah, on a, on a total tangent, Mm -hmm. I saw some just conspiracy theory, basically of like, this is how they can get Natasha back into the MCU and live action. And I'm like, after that, I do not think they're going to have Scarlett Johansson back. Nope. Like right or wrong, whatever your thoughts are. I do not think they are contracting her again ever. And, And personally, I don't, I don't think, they need to because I think they gave her. I mean, as as rushed as it is, they gave her a complete story. You know. It, well, it, yeah, but I. I mean, I don't necessarily think that she was in the wrong for saying like, "Oh hey, no, this no, no, part no, of no, my no. contract." No, I'm. I'm not. I. I don't. I don't disagree with that either. And the fact that they settled means they kind of realized that you know they yeah. were a little bit in the wrong too. But. Um, but yeah, I don't think she's coming back. No, so. No. I think the the future of Black Widow is Elena. Yeah, yeah, and so. and Florence Pugh will do a good job. I I think she's a very talented actress. Uh, I would like to see more of her uh, in the future. So, uh, I think she can carry on that role um, very well. And so, who knows? Maybe we'll be seeing her in Hi- Hawkeye here in a couple Hawkeye, weeks. Yeah. So, what uh what score do you give it here? Um, I'm kind of debating. I feel like I want to do three point seven five. Just like I don't want to go a full four, but I feel like three point five is a little too low. Okay. Because like for me, I have four standout episodes mm-hmm. of nine, so I'm like it, it's a little bit closer to a four, especially just because I loved that Doctor Strange episode so much, and I like his arc here so much that it's like I can pretty much ignore the other episodes, basically watch episode one, episode four, and then eight and nine, and like and that's it. That's all I need. I don't need anything else from this season. Okay, that's that's understandable, and I, I I can I can give you that. Um, yeah, there there, I that was the thing too. Like I thought about revisiting these before uh, we recorded this episode. I'm like, yeah. I don't really feel a need to. Um, but again, also too, if it were like, because one thing I think that they need to do is release these on home release at some point, because there are people like me who would like to own these, like WandaVision. Even Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, all on like home video. You know, that's that's just yeah, Blu-ray or whatever. That's the type of like collector I am, and I would rather they not just stick to digital only or access through Disney Plus only. So, um, you know, and who knows? We'll see what happens with season two. Maybe it'll improve. Maybe it'll just be more of the same. Uh, There's they haven't really said when season two will be coming. My guess is, depending on how quickly they can do all the voice recording, the animation. Uh, you might want to see like next summer, I think being a potential uh, next summer, or next fall being the next potential release of a new season. And, and it could be sooner. Cause sometimes they turn around animation shows pretty quickly. So 
Um, but I don't have any more uh, to say. I and mean, of course, I always like I you know I I always end up uh, kicking myself in the butt because I say we're going to record a short episode, <laughs> and then we end up recording a fifty minute episode. <laughs> so. Was it full 50 minutes or because we have a little there's like a little timer. You well, know? no, uh, for OBS, OBS is the more accurate one since it's actually recording. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're actually at a 50 minute mark right now. Okay. <laughs> like, like, it's because we get off on tangents. We get off on stuff. tangents. And then I, like I, you know, we were playing like talking about how we were going to open up the episode. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, I forgot to mention the fact that we were going to talk about, you know, a commenter's comment on our Dune review. So uh, that kind of threw it off, too. But uh, yeah, I and I would definitely say what if is a recommend if you haven't watched it, definitely check it out. Just know that there are some episodes that are lackluster and then there are some episodes that are really good. Now, I think the difference between this and like something like Loki or WandaVision is I think you can give it more concessions because it is telling more serialized episodic story or not serialized episodic stories okay. uh, where they're more self-contained. Uh, one doesn't necessarily, at least until like about the final episode, really have any connection to the other episodes. So, yeah. uh, you know, if you didn't like one, you know, good news is it doesn't really matter that much um, <laughs> if you didn't really right. like it because like you said, you could go back and revisit episode one, episode four and eight and nine. Like those are the important ones to you. And, yeah. uh, pretty much about the important ones to me. I would revisit five just because it's kind of fun, um, with the zombies, but I'm, you know, me, I'm a horror fan. So like, that's, <laughs> I don't get turned off by the brains or anything like that. So. Uh, and if anybody had the chance to go to Avengers campus, they had zombie cap. Oh, that's right. You were telling me about that. Yeah, yeah. So, I was watching uh, the Tim Tracker, and they went and saw Zombie Cap. Well, hopefully, at some point, uh, you know, when things get back to normal, we'll we'll have to try to plan a uh, group trip out there for the podcast and that would see be if amazing. we can record some stuff for for it. Uh, well, that's one thing I gotta say. I and I know we're still small on YouTube, and we're still small in general, but. I am liking the more exposure we're getting on YouTube. I'm liking, uh, you know, the the better quality we've brought to the show. So we're we're constantly improving. That's all I've been saying for years. We're trying. <laughs> we're, we are trying. If you couldn't tell, our heart is into it. Uh, you know, we just the one thing we can't do is just do this full time. So you know, when right, we got to work around the day job. Yeah, like I'm pretty much just Pay learning bills. learning OBS by accident you know like once i screw something up i'm like okay i know not to do that <laughs> so yeah. uh and you know thankfully like google helps out a little bit but uh you know it, what it, what ended up as a as a great thing for our dune review was the fact that we screwed up two rec- well i screwed up it was my fault uh two recordings and then we managed to come at it with a better standpoint better way to present it so uh, you know, just, just bear with us. Uh, you know, we're not experienced, but we're, we're getting the experience. So we really appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, if you comment on the videos, we're, we'll gladly read your comments and, uh, you know, give you some airtime and, you know, talk about what, what we feel if you're right or where you're wrong. Obviously with, um, with the comment earlier, I think he was more right or they were more right, uh, than they were wrong. Uh, and they had some very, they brought up some points that we had talked about with that runtime with Leslie talking about how it was better may, may have been better fitted as a series, uh, you know, so someone doesn't feel overwhelmed. 
and the benefit of the home versus the theater release, that dual release being a very positive impact on their viewing experience because they had issues with the pacing. They had issues with the runtime and had they wasted money in the theater, they would have been more upset with it. So, um, all right. Well, as always, you can, um, you know, like share, subscribe to the podcast here on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening on audio only, we're on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, just about wherever you can you can get your podcast. Uh, you can follow us on social media on Twitter at CriticsNTCynics and on Facebook at CriticsNotCynicsPodcast. Um, and you can write into the podcast. If you don't feel comfortable you know, leaving a comment on YouTube or anything, you can write in to us at uh, CriticsNotCynics at gmail.com. And uh, we will read your comment on air if you want to, or we can, you know, just acknowledge it and, uh, you know, give our thoughts. But all right, guys, we will talk to you next time.